your brand is only going to get the love and the care that you put into it. Everybody else is going to apply their understanding of it. And it's, it's kind of like a game of telephone. Every time I say it, whoever is then working on my brand is going to take their experience, their life and apply it to what I said. And so it's going to start to change and morph. That is good. That outside collaboration is phenomenal, but it's really important to know that like at a certain point, if I remove myself from that situation, my brand no longer becomes the brand that I want it to be and the meaning gets lost. Hi, my name is Caitlin Pyatt. I'm a professionally certified marketer, and this is the Start Marketing Podcast, where small business owners can find authentic, accessible, and actionable marketing advice to help them grow and scale their businesses. I've worked in marketing for over 13 years, and it's an industry I genuinely love and a craft I believe can revolutionize and propel businesses to unimaginable growth. I'm the director of marketing at a startup, I run the Start Marketing community, and of course, I host this podcast. But I'm also a wife, a mom of three, and my house is generally always chaotic. I like learning about marketing, talking about it, and this is my favorite place to share my love of marketing. If you can't tell, I'm kind of a nerd about it. So I hope you're ready to soak it all in and start marketing. Hey, Start Marketers. Welcome back, and thanks for joining me and Derek once again for today's episode. Last week, Derek Derek gave us the lowdown on why a website is absolutely critical for small business and startups, even if it's one that you build yourself. And today, we're going to dive into the details about how to actually get it done. I think a lot of people out there have a website, but they're not exactly sure how to maximize it or if it's the best presentation possible. Or you're on the flip side and you're still using social media to be sort of the free website for your business because you just don't really know where to get started. So we're going to break that all down and hopefully give you some great actionable steps that you can take to either start building or improve the website that you have today. So as a reminder, Jarrett Jarek. I just combined <laughs> Derek Jensen and said Jarek. <laughs> Derek has a passion for building systems and processes for people that scale and create capacity to do what they do best every day. His experience has included working with large brands down to small startups and industries ranging from power sports, management consulting, finance, legal, hospitality, software as a service, and manufacturing. Understanding each situation the individual and company needs allows Derek to access and provide solutions that best support product sales and improve efficiencies and performance. Derek's experience building and launching products has helped companies that he works with to add new revenue, develop a more extensive, more engaged customer base, increase internal and external communication, and create increased capacity. His work has directly resulted in leaders reaching their next level goals. Derek and his wife, Grace, enjoy spending time with their four children, Cora, Asha, Asher, Micah, goodness, and Declan, and their dog. In their spare time, they support their children and their passion for becoming playground connoisseurs. As a family, they also enjoy traveling together. So Derek, welcome back. Thank Thank you for being here again. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So last week, we really built the case for why people need a website. So I think one of the first questions that I have, and we touched on this kind of at the end of the interview, which is, last week, which is making sure that your website really brings people along through the journey, gives them clear calls to action and tells them like the next step they need to take in the buying journey. 
So how do I make sure that my website actually serves my target audience and nurtures them along through that process? That's a really good question. Um, and I'm just putting my thoughts together here because it's easy, it's easy to talk about it in a way where, you know, we have all seen great websites, right? And oftentimes the challenge is how do I replicate that or how do I mimic it? In addition, we don't, especially in startup, small business, medium business, we don't tend to have the same uh, budgets as some of those large, great websites, but that doesn't mean that it's out of reach. So if you think about it, like a great website and a great experience is typically you throw Nike, you throw uh, Apple into the mix. And typically they're, they're thoughtful in that customer experience. They're thoughtful in how do I present myself? There's, there's an, a massive budget involved in how that goes together. And so the thing is, is we don't, we don't need to replicate what they're doing. We don't have to say that's, that's what a perfect website needs to be. And you know what? It's just out of reach for me. I'm not going to do that. I, it's, it's not worth it. That thought process ends up being very limiting for business. Instead, the best way to think about it is really what, what is it that I consistently hear my customers ask for? What is it that I consistently hear people say, man, I really wish this solution existed. And I'm, and I'm standing here and I'm saying, I've been here this whole time. What's going on? Why aren't you, why aren't you working with me? For me and the businesses that I've been part of and the startups that I've been involved in and created, there is nothing more frustrating than having somebody come to me and say, you know, I really wish that this thing existed. And that's what I do. So what I recommend is when you think about it, take yourself out of the situation, put yourself into those conversations that you've had, and just start to write. Some people will say, well, I'm not a writer. That's not, that's not what I do. Maybe not. And you don't have to be. What you can also do is you can take your, your phone, your device, turn it on record, and just start talking. Talk through that process. Talk through what that perfect journey looks like. Give yourself that opportunity to be able to hear what your words are and or read what your words are and start to think about it in terms of would I buy that? Does that help me solve my problems? There's an incredible resource. So I mentioned it last week in uh, the podcast discussing uh, Donald Miller and StoryBrand. One of the greatest things that uh, he put together is the My Story Brand piece, which is basically a, a billboard that walks through how that customer journey should feel. And it, it speaks to the empathy. It speaks to the, the challenges up front, why it's so hard, what I am experiencing, what the challenges are. And then it, it gives you that format for being able to write in a way that starts to, to feel like a story for uh, your customer to go through. I would highly recommend not only the book, but also that resource as you start to think through your, your uh, discussion. There's so many different tools out there. I mean, you could use the business model canvas. You could use just about anything to be able to architect that story. But really, it's a matter of taking that step back and moving out of the business owner mindset and into the customer mindset and really starting to articulate the what am I, what am I as a customer experiencing? And what are those challenges? And then presenting it back in a way where as I'm going through it, now I can see myself 
in the solution that you're providing. In addition, I have those call to actions along the way where I can learn more and dive deeper into key points. I can also pick up the phone and call if that's the right answer, or I can book or schedule if that's the right answer, or even buy now. And that buy now is often a piece where for some, it feels too forward, but oftentimes that is a miss for customers. I've already made the decision. I came to your site. I kind of knew that I wanted to work with you and you didn't give me the option to buy. That was a miss. So being confident in the services that you provide and giving the customers that opportunity is really important. I think that's I think that's a really great point. It's so much of what you just said is making me kind of rethink parts of my own website, but also kind of thinking back on the idea of telling a story and thinking about things from your customer's point of view. And I'm I'm going through my own website, which I think like websites are an ever-evolving thing. So if Absolutely. you if you're listening to this, I've redone my website like a handful of times in the two years that it's been live. I don't know if that's the best. I don't know if I recommend that. But my point is, is that like as you learn things about yourself, especially if you are kind of in the early days of your business, you you will kind of change. Like your website does not have to be this beautiful final product that doesn't get touched again for a year, two years, three years. Like you will kind of always be thinking about how you can improve this. And the option to buy now and just having the confidence is something that I I love that advice. Just be confident and put it out there. Sometimes people are just ready to buy now and to work with you. So I think that's fantastic. And then the other thing as we were talking about this and as you're kind of explaining the story brand, I think sometimes when we sit down to put our websites together, we are in the mindset of like, this has to result in a sale for me. And that's like, that's ultimately where you want it to go. But saying yes to a sale is often a series of small yeses along the way. So I think if you think about it from those small yeses, like what step, you know, if I came to you and I'm totally cold, like this is the first time I'm thinking about buying this type of product or service, like what might I need to know in order to be like, okay, yeah, I think this might be a good thing for me. And then what what next little breadcrumb do I need? And if you think about kind of that experience, those kind of become your call to action. So, you know, you got to my homepage and I sold you and I'm like, and it's like, okay, well now I think I want to learn more. Or mm-hmm. I want to read more, whatever it is. And then from there, like, okay, maybe I want to have like a short phone call or maybe I want to download something. You know, like if you think about if you put yourself in your customer's shoes and say, where can I, where can I enhance this journey and help them understand why, then I think, you know, you can, and how can I do that with a good story? And how can I move them along through that? That's kind of when we talk about nurturing people and, getting them through the buying journey, that's what we're talking about is how do you get them through those series of yeses and ultimately to the sale. But you can't just start with the sale. (laughs) You don't want to land on the homepage and be like, hey, (laughs) go ahead and just go ahead and pay that invoice for my services. Happy to chat with you. (laughs) I like that. The, The way you were describing that, it actually, there's 
there's a visual in my head that I was thinking about as you were describing it. So if you reverse engineer the path to yes, right? So the customer journey, that's, that's basically what you're doing is reverse engineering the path to yes. So if yes is the endpoint, and that final yes is the buy, what are those steps along the way that result in it? And if you're brand new, it's it's completely okay. You you may not know what that looks like, but exactly to what Caitlin was describing of, I've gone through this process of reformatting my website and everything. Your website should be that. It should be dynamic. It shouldn't be set in stone and man, I really nailed it. This is perfect. It, it just stays there, right? It, it's an evolution. And the reason why is when you think about that customer journey, it's also dynamic because something new will enter the marketplace and now you're going to have to adapt and you're going to have to cover that objection. And so it's really important that that, that customer journey is a living, breathing aspect of your business. And it's something that gets the attention and dedication that it deserves. And so revisit it once a month. What changed? What have you learned? How has this become stale? What what are the things that my customers are asking for? And when they pick up the phone, it's not a, hey, I want to work with you. It's, hey, what does this mean? And why did you say this? If you're lucky enough that they do that. And so some of that comes down to making sure you give yourself the time to dedicate towards what is that customer journey look like and really reverse engineering that path to yes. Mm. I think that's fantastic advice. I, I just wrote down reverse engineer the path to yes. I'm going to use that phrase awesome. all the time. It is brilliant, but I'm going to, I, I'm going to give you credit. It's, it's so fantastic. And I think sometimes in what I want to point out here is we are spending so far in the first 10 minutes of this conversation, we are spending more time talking about the thought and the intention and the strategy behind the content on the website, mm-hmm. not the way the website looks. And I want to point that out because I think it's really easy. And I know I did this when I, I built my website for the first time. I did it all by my not all by myself. Derek and I have a mutual friend, Ron Ray, and he was fantastic and helped me build a lot of a lot of things that I didn't technically know how to get done myself. But when I think about going, I think about those early conversations and all the questions I was asking him, it was all about like, well, how do I make it look like this? I was really caught up in like the aesthetics of it. Like I wanted it to like look like my brand and just be really fantastic and pretty. And I, I will say you you do want your website to look professional. Like you don't want it to look like it came out of the 90s. That's not going to do you any favors. But I don't think it needs to. It doesn't need to look like Apple's website. It doesn't need to look like Nike. You know, it's okay if it looks, you know, I don't want to I don't want to say homemade, but if it doesn't look 100% okay, as long as it looks professional, the the way you take people through and focusing on that journey and the content and how you get people, how you build out the path to yes, that's more important than what your website looks like. And I, as you were explaining that, I was like, I hope people are picking up on that because we have so far 
zero percent talked about how to make it look nice because I think that's really secondary in in the considerations. Absolutely. There's there's two parts to that. It's really important. So I'm I want to make sure that I bring this up. I'm an engineer by nature. So for me, function is more important than beauty. Beauty has its place, but if it doesn't function in the way that it's supposed to, it can be the most beautiful thing in the world, but it just isn't doing what it's supposed to. Um, with that said, I am also not a designer. So I will tell you, I can see beautiful sites and I recognize them. Um, that's not necessarily my strength. And the way that I overcome that is with, I mean, you hear it all the time, less is more, right? When it comes to a website, less really is more because it is about answering those key questions. And as long as it's done in a way where it looks nice and it looks professional and there's a little bit of splash of color and there's there's clean lines and everything looks nice, you're good. You don't have to have a whole bunch of pictures, a whole bunch of color, a whole bunch of different things going on there. And the reason why that actually is uh, counterproductive is because every image you add adds time for that page to load and speed is really important. Um, if you've heard of the term bounce rate, really what that is, is I come to your site and if it takes me longer than three seconds for your site to load, I'm gone. You have three seconds to get what you're trying to say onto the page. Those images, those, uh, big motion graphics, all this stuff flying around, those add time and they're distracting. So that's where if if you're in doubt and if you're like me where you know design is really, really hard, uh, don't worry about it. Just keep it simple and keep it keep it professional and clean. I think that is fantastic advice. And I actually as I am listening to you, I am first of all, I'm like super pumped to go reading my website. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> That's good news. I should be bummed. I should be bummed. I just yeah. had somebody, I just um, had another good friend of mine, Jeremy Allen from Novius Branding. He just did like a brand, a new brand aesthetic for me and I'm so excited. And so now as I'm thinking about how do I apply this to my website, this is all like good things. So I, I think that's great. Keeping it simple. If you don't have the budget to hire somebody to do your website for you, like that's, that's perfect. The great news is a white background with like just a couple of well-placed graphics or like one or two simple pictures and rely on the text. Like mm -hmm. that's super in right now. So you all are in luck if that's you and you don't want to lean on the design. I think that's perfect. All right. Start marketers. I do want to take a moment to remind you that you can join my email list by clicking the link in the show notes, you'll get my branding and marketing starter kit that walks you through how to identify your target audience, create personas, and build the foundational elements of your brand and a marketing strategy, which is really critical if you're listening to this conversation and you're motivated to work on your website. So all of those things will help make that process more effective and more efficient for you. So head to the show notes and go ahead and download that today. All right. So Derek, I started hinting at this, but one question that I get a lot, and I and I think through this myself as well sometimes, is do I need to just bite the bullet and have somebody design and build my website for me? Is that something I do in the early days? 
is there a certain point? Like, do I wait until I sort of get to a certain point in my business where I go, okay, now I can hand this over and it makes sense. What's your advice there? So it depends on where your business is at from a maturity standpoint. The advice that I always give uh, startups is don't pay for it. it. It's not worth it. It's not a necessity because whatever you put up there today when you're started is not going to be what you are in three months or maybe even two weeks. So do it in a way where you can control it and you take the time to revisit it. In the early days, my recommendation is uh, every two weeks, take a look at your website, take a look at what you're learning and that, that customer journey and just go back to it and say, is this accurate still? Am I still saying the right things? There's, there's a couple of different examples that I've had throughout my career where it's taken me months to fully refine how it is that I present the business that I'm part of. And the reason for that is those refinements come through conversation. So when I describe it to somebody the first time and their eyes glass over and they're just like, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> okay, well, that one wasn't right. And so if my website's saying it that same way, that's not right either. And that's not helping me. So those revisions and that process, every time I have to change something, if I'm paying somebody for that, one of two things will happen. Either I did it in a way where I gave somebody a fixed amount, let's say $3,000. I said, hey, build me a website, $3,000, go make it. I gave you all this information and then three weeks from now it's changed. Well, I don't want to go back to that person and then get charged another, another any amount to change it. I also may go back to that person and say, hey, will you change these things really quick? And what happens is, is you're starting to erode the value of what they created. And if you expect it for free, that relationship is eroding along with those requests. And so it's really important to understand. And, and this is something that uh, just kind of on a personal note, I'll bring up is there tends to be a, a thought process of, oh, that's really expensive. That's really expensive. I'd, you know, your, your price, it's really expensive. And basically what you're saying when you tell somebody that their price is expensive is you don't value their work. And that for me is really frustrating because if you don't value it, go do it yourself and understand what it is that you're going through. And so that's part of what I'm trying to suggest in training yourself to be able to do it yourself is two parts. One, that knowledge is power. Being able to go and adjust things on the fly as you need to makes you a better consumer as well, too. Because now when somebody is helping you, you know where the upper bounds of your strengths are. And you can say, hey, I got this. I can reduce my 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 costs here by taking care of it, especially when you're in the beginning stages of that maturity growth plan of I don't have the funding to be able to take care of it. You should be able to do it on your own. Now, there is a time and a place for when you hire that out. And when you start to get to those upper bounds of where your strengths are, that's when you hire. In addition, once you know that your business is viable and you've got revenue coming in, it makes a lot more sense to be able to start freeing up your capacity to do the things that matter most. In the beginning, the most important thing is for you to be able to understand what resonates with your customers, how to articulate it, and put that into a format where others can see it. That is your job in the very beginning. As it goes to providing quality experience and service to your customers, you no longer have time to put that effort in there. But a mistake can be that I no longer have time for this. And so it doesn't get the attention that it deserves. When you outsource 
your responsibility to somebody else, you need to make sure that you still have those calendar reminders to take the time and go back to it. Because here's the thing, your brand is only going to get the love and the care that you put into it. Everybody else is going to apply their understanding of it. And it's, it's uh, kind of like a game of telephone. Every time I say it, whoever is then working on my brand is going to take their experience, their life and apply it to what I said. And so it's going to start to change and morph. That is good. That outside collaboration is phenomenal, but it's really important to know that like at a certain point, if I remove myself from that situation, my brand no longer becomes the brand that I want it to be. And the meaning gets lost. So as a business owner, I'm not talking about micromanaging or going crazy here. I'm just saying, make sure that you keep that as an awareness piece because that vision, that structure, that thought process that you put into it is really important to make sure that that stays in alignment with where you're trying to go. And documentation and putting those things into practice are really important, but those conversations and reminding people is just as important, especially from an internal cadence. So we've got outward cadence of how do we talk to others about what it is that we're doing? We should also have that same internal cadence because everybody in our organization should understand what are our values? What is our mission statement? What is our value proposition? And everybody should be in unison and in lockstep with how it is uh, actually articulated. So it's a full spectrum and it really changes and it's kind of dynamic with the way that the organization is, but it's, it's hard to say when is that right point, but it's really got to be focused around revenue generation. Uh, there, there's so much in there that I want to, <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to speak to, but I think the most powerful takeaway as, as I was listening, even for myself is that your website in the beginning is not just simply something that you need to like put on a list and check off and get done. The way that you phrased your responsibility as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, is to really understand your customer and to be able to articulate that and translating that to your website is a very powerful exercise that is going to teach you how to do that. And I like died a little on the inside because I was like, first of all, it's a very like powerful mindset shift. And I like took it and applied it to myself. Then the story of my website, you know, like I was laughing earlier about how many times I've redone my website. Part of that is that I hired out pieces of it too early. I just, I, you know, I thought like, oh, I know this is my target audience. I know this is exactly who I was going to be. And then as I learned more, I was like, oh, actually, my target audience is these people over here. And then I was like, but I, you know, and I kind of like, I had a little bit of target audience whiplash and I, I didn't take the time to kind of understand and like think through that customer journey. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm speaking to people that are like me. And so I just assumed that I knew it all. And the result is that I spent like a painful amount of money. I knew what I was going to be spending because I'm in the mm -hmm. industry. So when I like hired out, you know, somebody to write copy and to do SEO work on my website, I was like, all right, I mean, I know the, I know the price tag that this is going to come with. And I accepted that. It didn't mean that I didn't like, <laughs> you know, it wasn't easy to like, you know, send those payments over, but I wasn't, I got it. I was like, I'm not going to argue with you about this. But 
the takeaway and kind of what you said, I think, is really making it a mindset shift to say like, this is not just simply something that like I have to get done and put out there. It is, it is dynamic and it's going to be a learning tool for me as a business owner. It's going to help refine me. And I think Mm -hmm. that's something that like, I had not thought about it in that way. And now, even though I am like still really pumped to work on my own website, I'm approaching it with a different mindset than I would have two minutes ago before you said that stuff. So I think that's perfect advice is to to do it yourself in the beginning. And then too, like you said, it's powerful knowledge. So when you do go out to hire it, you are able to inspect what you expect from other people. If I'm hiring it out, I can look at the web developer, I can look at the copywriter, the agency, whatever, and I can audit their work. And I can be like, hey, this doesn't measure up. Like, it keeps, it protects you from being taken advantage of in a situation when you hire something out and then you end up with work that doesn't do what it needs to do for you because you understand your Mm -hmm. website. So I, I think that all is all really, really brilliant advice. So one, one of the other things that kind of comes to mind when I think about this and I feel like makes websites intimidating is SEO, search engine optimization. If you are out there and you're Googling how to build a good website and you have definitely come across SEO, Mm -hmm. it is not necessarily the easiest to understand. And it's also, it seems very intimidating. I don't like to do SEO myself. That is one thing that like I have always outsourced but I have learned that you can outsource it too early. Mm-hmm. So how, what is SEO and how do I, how do I apply maybe some like starting best practices so that I can be discoverable? For sure. All right. So before we go down the SEO rabbit hole, one of the things that is really important to understand is it's a long-term play. All right. It's not, like to me, it's all about setting expectations. This is a 12 to 18 month roadmap. All right. When we're starting off, you're not going to show up as number one on Google search for any term (laughs) that is important to your business. You've got competition. You've got millions of results. Just first thing is take a deep breath and say, you know what, depending on where I'm at right now, how much time and effort should I put into SEO? Maybe 10%. It's, it's important, but it's not. And what I mean by that is so many people get hung up on the terms because, you know, we're on a marketing podcast and we've got a bunch of people who are really good at it. And so the term becomes the thing that people think about. And honestly, that's, that's a testament to your abilities and your, your profession of how successful you can be. This is one of those terms that gets talked about a lot. And then unfortunately, uh, many people see it as kind of black magic. Like, I don't really know how it works. And you say that it's going to take this long to be able to get anything out of it. So how do I really measure you for success? And the best way to be able to measure people for success is to be able to have knowledge. And so I will always go back to, if you understand it, then you can ask for it. And if you don't understand it, then what are you asking for? And how do you know if you actually got what you asked for? The things that I have found that are useful is there's a tool out there called SEMrush. And what SEMrush does 
is it exists to be this powerful platform to help you understand how your website performs. So it's got all sorts of diagnostics from a speed and performance standpoint, along with keywords, competitive insights. This tool in and of itself, if you are serious about SEO, highly recommend looking into it because if you go and you pay somebody for SEO, they're probably using this tool. The difference is they probably use this tool day in and day out and they feel extremely comfortable with it. I will warn you when you first go into it, it's going to be very overwhelming. That uncomfortable feeling that you have there, that is you growing into something that you will eventually learn. Embrace that uncomfortable feeling, go and go through their, their knowledge base. They've got an incredible knowledge base with videos, with helping you to understand. And honestly, YouTube is a great way to be able to learn as well too. Go out there and start learning some of the different things about what works well with SEO. How, does, how do you use SEMrush to be able to support yourself? And then really what you're gonna start to do is develop a keyword list. That keyword list becomes part of your strategy. Now, remember, I said at the very beginning, 10% of your time should be doing this. This is a learning and growth opportunity for you to be able to better understand how it works. Now, because it is a learning and growth opportunity, anything you see on the internet is to be taken with a grain of salt. It's a strategy, it's a opinion. Um, similarly, when you go and you find a professional, same type of thing. It's a strategy, it's a opinion. Start to look for the nuance, start to look for the commonality, start to use that as your way to be able to embrace SEO as a, as a holistic strategy. But remember, you've got a long timeline here for any of the results to start to come to fruition. There are other things that will get you noticed faster. And there are other things from a content standpoint that will help you to get noticed faster. And really in the beginning and from small to medium, it's really about that reputation. How can I, as a company, build my reputation, not only with my customers, but also uh, with those who are starting to talk about me online. Look for the opportunities to have discussions with others. Look for the opportunities to get testimonials. Look for the opportunities for referrals. Those are gonna serve you better than what SEO will. And the reason why is people are more likely to buy from you if they had a friend tell them that they should work with you. So that testimonial, that word of mouth, it, it's, it's traditional, but it works. Whereas SEO, you can put time, money, and effort into it, and you're not going to have the same results as if you use something that's, that's, you know, I had a successful sale, I provided an incredible service, and now I go back and I say, hey, can I get a referral? Not only a referral, but would you mind giving me a review? Would you be willing to rate my business on Google? Would you be willing to uh, come on and talk about the, the services that you received from me and how, how I treated you or how my company treated you? All of those things provide content. All of the, that content also helps from an SEO standpoint. So the strategy is, yeah, a little bit of SEO, but really the focus is on how do I go out and get that marketing gold, which is the testimonials, which is the referrals and going through that process. That process is, in my opinion, a higher priority than focusing on SEO, which I, I, I apologize in advance if that's not the direction you wanted to go. No. Oh, my gosh. I like I am actually I love this because it's so unknowingly you are tying together so many lessons that like guests over the past two to three months have put out there. And so in January, I interviewed 
a friend of mine, Vincent Puglisi, and he had his whole marketing strategy for his business is built on this idea of building a powerful network of building a network of people who will refer you and, you know, help connect you to other people who can, you know, that you can add value to them, but that they can also add value to you. And we have talked about just recently, like the power of referrals and reviews and testimonials and things like that. And so, I just, you know, I'm going back to the conversation with Vincent in January where I said, you know, I, I went into my business early on going like, I'm a marketer. I know how to get, I know how to build the stuff in the things and I know how to get eyeballs on the stuff in the things. And then I was like crushed when I'm like, why doesn't it work? And then, you know, I started to kind of learn and understand that it's not just the ability to get eyeballs on the stuff and the things that you build. It's about the referrals. It's about the network. And so many people told me, you know, probably about nine months into my journey, like, you just need to focus on like building that network and getting those referrals because that's going to be what like opens the floodgates. And like, once you get a few of those, like they will start to come in and like, you'll just reach this like tipping point in your business. And I was like, ah, but I don't have time to do that. And, <laughs> and I was still super focused on just doing the marketing portion of it. And so this idea of focus on, you know, focus on building out like the customer journey and understanding reverse engineer the path to yes, and then build that out for them. And then like, like ask for the reviews, ask for those referrals, spend a little bit of time understanding, you know, when people do go to Google, what words they're typing in exactly, so that you can, you know, you can maybe sprinkle a few of those in, but if you are naturally kind of talking about your products and your services, you sort of automatically, as somebody who's really passionate, because again, you're passionate about what you offer. You're not passionate about marketing. You're passionate about, you know, the tree service that you provide to like take people's trees down. You are passionate about the, you know, uh, the the fitness package that you sell to people. And so you're naturally going to talk about those things using terms that people are probably searching for. And so, and it doesn't, you know, like you said, it doesn't hurt to go in. I like to use Uber Suggest, which is a free tool from Neil Patel, who is like, you know, a, an SEO guru. Um, and he's very, very smart at how he goes about it. Um, you know, but using one of those tools, just understanding how people are searching for you. That's, you know, when we talk about SEO and getting discovered by Google and things like that and ranking, that's what it is. That's how Google decides to rank you. But saying, hey, you don't have to focus on that is just such a brilliant, it just ties back all these these past (laughs) few months so nicely. And it's so refreshing to hear that. And like I said, you can outsource SEO too early in the journey. Mm-hmm. Like I I have paid two years in a row, I've paid somebody to do SEO for me. And like, I just, they did fantastic work, but it just isn't what I needed at the time. I needed to focus more on that other stuff. So I think for that's sure. fantastic advice. So to kind of put a little bow on this conversation, what is one step someone could take today to either start or improve their website? 
a good question. One of the one of the things I really appreciate about that question is action oriented nature of it. That so regardless of what you work on, looking for people like Caitlin who are focused on action oriented uh, results. That that's a piece that I would highly recommend looking for as like going back to what you were saying about a network, right? The, the word that I've been using for myself in 2022 is together. We're better together. Finding people like Caitlin who not only are sharing really great learnings and ideas, but giving you those action steps to be able to be successful, whether it's your website, whether it's marketing, whether it's tech, it, it doesn't matter. That's the step that I would highly recommend you taking right now is find those people who are going to make you better because you're together. Now, as far as a website goes, take some time and go and look at it. If, if you have a website, go and review it and think about yourself in your ideal customer. All right. So everybody, if you've got a business, you have that visual of, man, this is, this is my favorite customer. I really, really enjoy working with them. They pay on time. They appreciate the service. They come back and they always speak highly of me. There's more of them out there. Think about them when you're evaluating your website. They are the ones that you want to attract because we've talked about getting to yes, but there can be the wrong yes. So how do I get more of my best customers is the question that you want to be asking. And honestly, how do I weed out the ones that I don't want to be working with? That's okay too. My recommendation, if you have a website and you have customers and you can think of it in those terms, start looking at your, your website in that structure. Build yourself a little matrix. Start thinking about, does it cover this? Yes. Does it, does it as I reverse engineer the path to yes, does it fit those needs? Do I have call to actions? Um, there's quite a few different things you can do there. If I'm starting from scratch, my recommendation would be start simple. Go find a template, use the template and get a nice looking site out there. There's there's a lot of free ones available. Sometimes it's worth paying a little bit more. I have one that I really enjoy working with uh, just because the builder is so nice and it's called Avada. That theme is always so easy to use. There's a whole bunch of different options. I start from there. And in fact, uh, there's, now granted I've done a few of them, but I gave myself a challenge of, can I create a new business in 30 minutes? And part of my success plan for that was using a Vada theme. I was able to go in, use that theme, make the modifications that I needed to. It gave me a structure that was in alignment with what I was trying to create. And I, within 30 minutes, I had a new business. I was able to take payments and I was able to announce that I was open for business. So highly recommend going with things that exist. Don't take your time to reinvent the wheel especially when it's just starting out. It gives you the ability to look professional and get started. All right, Start Marketers. That is some fantastic and actionable advice from Derek. I feel like there is there is a ton more that we can talk about. And if you want access to it, join the Start Marketing community, which is linked in the show notes. We will have an inside access interview that goes into even more details about how you set up the structure of your website, the pages to consider, all of the nitty gritty details. And we would love to see you there and have you join us for that conversation. Derek, where can listeners connect with you and you know get to know more about building websites? Thank you. So 
Uh, easiest way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Um, in addition, there is a course that I have put together that um, provides all the action steps from start to finish. So everything you need to know from how do you choose a name? How do you choose hosting? How do you choose a theme that'll get you started really quickly? Uh, and then how do I start taking payments from my site? And then how do I say that I'm open for business? There's about six videos. They're broken up into 15 to 20 minute segments. So from start to finish of the video, you can get it done. And it's just over a little over an hour. So I have that uh, available if, if you're interested in seeing the actual steps, step by step. And by the end of it, you can have a website that's up and ready and running. And that's at readylaunch.co. I will link that in the show notes, Start Marketers. I hope you take advantage of that offer. Derek is a very, very smart businessman, and he has a ton of experience building websites. So check it out. Make life a little bit easier on yourself. If you're going to spend money on, on anything, making the process of getting started a little easier and a little less intimidating is something that I am always a fan of. And there will be a ton that you learn from that. So Derek, thank you for being here today. I genuinely appreciate it. Marketers, start marketers, get out there, get going on your websites, and we'll see you next time.